0: Hello and welcome to the Tell Me If You Can podcast, a podcast where I have the honor of listening to and unpacking stories of amazing women. My name is Ogechi, your host, and today's guest is Rachel Wong. Rachel is a podcast host, speaker, and writer living in Vancouver, Canada. In today's episode, Rachel shares what femininity and feminine genius means to her and how that has evolved along with her faith over time. She talks about the intersection of her racial, cultural, and mental health identities and how she brings them all more intentionally into different phases of her journey. Let's take a listen to Rachel's story. Hi Rachel welcome to the podcast for those of us that don't know who you are can you give us a quick bio who you are what you do and where you're from
1: Sure, I'll get you Well, first off, thank you for having me. And hi, everybody. My name is Rachel, and I currently live in Vancouver, Canada, so West Coast, Best Coast. And I currently manage the communications and public relations for one of our local universities. So that's what I do in my day job. And then all of the times of the day, I'm the host of the Feminine Genius Podcast, which is a Catholic woman's podcast.
0: Awesome. Well, I do feel a little bit of pressure because you are a communications guru, but um, <laughs> Rachel has been so kind to you know calm my nerves before we started to record. Mm-hmm. But I actually had the honor of being on Rachel's podcast, the Feminine Genius podcast, uh, a few months ago, and she's a, such a gracious host, and her podcast is such a gift. Being able to hear from and learn from various women of faith and their idea and understanding of what the feminine genius is as it relates to their own individual lives um so i wanted to ask you who were some of your first examples of femininity or um womanhood in your life growing up
1: Mm -hmm. yeah like this is such a beautiful question um and undoubtedly like i'd have to go to my mom and my grandmothers i would have to say so certainly i think everyone has uh you know like some people have like different relationships with their mom and certainly like mine is no different. I, I find that sometimes like we could have challenging times for sure. But I think one of the things that I always think back on when it comes to her is just her resilience and her strength and like self-sacrifice. So it's such a beautiful example of love and really going to great lengths to provide for her family. So her husband and myself and my sisters, and then like the other two women that I always go to are my grandmother. So my mom's mom and my dad's mom, both of whom are unfortunately not with us anymore. They passed away when I was uh, quite young. But both of them, again, like, you know, they're they're just such beautiful examples of what it means to be a resilient woman, but in their own way. Both of them were immigrants to this country, but also, you know, raised a family Uh, maybe like middle class, had a lot to deal with uh, during the time that they were alive. And both of them dealt with some very serious illness, you know, like diabetes and cancer. And just to watch how they were still very joyful, like through it all. And they put our needs first, like even for me as a kid, you know, like, what did I need at seven years old? And yet they were so gracious and they were so beautiful. Um. So whenever I'm having a bad day, like I actually, um, to my left, there's a photo of me and my two grandmothers together. Wow. So when I was much younger and yeah, I look over from time to time when I'm like, man, I'm having a really bad day. And I just look over and I'm like, oh, well, there they are. And I know that they're smiling down on me. So
0: Yes. And they are probably so proud. And you can always call upon those memories and mm-hmm. call upon their prayers for you as you continue to try to make them proud that their sacrifices doesn't go in vain. Um, yeah. Well, what would you define femininity meaning to you? And how has that definition evolved?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I think that, as with many in our society, like, when I was growing up, certainly femininity meant to me like, oh, you had to be very girly. So whatever your typical stereotypes were, like, oh, you had to like pink and frilly things, maybe sparkly things, uh, you know, wearing high heels or makeup all the time. And, you know, I would never have considered myself to be a tomboy, but I certainly also wasn't like a super, super girly girl either. Um, And as I grew up, I was maybe trying to modify and refine that a little bit. So it's like, oh, you have to be like beautiful or you have to be skinny or you have to like look a certain way. Your eyebrows have to be like on fleek or whatever the kids are saying these days, you know, <laughs> just stuff like that, right? And I guess as I was going through life, um, you know, I had a couple experiences where, you know, I didn't feel beautiful or I didn't feel like my femininity um, or even just like my human dignity period was being... be held or respected in a certain way. Um, So it it really kind of like drove me down this rabbit hole of like, okay, well, you know, am I beautiful? Am I worthy? Am I uh, like, am I unlovable? Like, what is going on? Um, And I think that, you know, as I mentioned, like I I host this podcast and certainly, you know, having those examples of like my mom and my grandmother, and I'm sure countless others, um, as well as, you know, talking to different women like yourself Ogechi, get you like, you know, having you on my podcast and so many others, like I've come to really grow into a more fulsome picture of that that goes way beyond like pink and frill and, uh, you know, being skinny or a certain waist size, right? Like it, it's so much. I think it really is a way of life and just how it is that we're able to live our fullest selves um, as women and recognizing what our unique gifts are and how it is that we're able to really call other people, like women and men, and just everybody in our society to to be better and just called higher to be the best versions of ourselves. So it might be really idealistic. But at the same time, I do believe that as women, we do have a, a very particular opportunity to do just that.
0: I agree. I like, I like how it's evolved for you. And I think similarly to you, I don't think I would have called myself quote-unquote girly girl and whatever that gender expression is supposed to be according mm-hmm. to society. I remember when we were picking our favorite colors in elementary school. I, it's funny. I still remember exactly where we were. Mm-hmm. And I announced that my favorite color was purple because absolutely I would not be stuck in that box of girly girl and pink and all the frills. And it's yeah. funny because I, as an athlete that is in a sport that's very... Male dominated and brute force, and mm-hmm. sometimes to some, the very opposite of femininity. You have to deal with that duality. And I like to call myself a bull in a china shop with some people no. because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not delicate at all. I'm not, you know, just demure and quiet. I'm very bold and out there, but I have mm-hmm. the softness that can exist in that definition. And so I like that. Um, your examples from other people and really just choosing to encounter others and allow those encounters to shape your identity is important. And I think, I don't remember who wrote this, but in mm-hmm. choosing diversity and choosing to see and talk to people that are different than you, it's almost like, a, it probably was John Paul II, if Mm you now that I think about it, it's almost like a mirror that allows you to see yourself better because in noticing the differences and the uniqueness of the other, you can then notice the uniqueness and difference in yourself and celebrate Mm -hmm. that. Not necessarily want to change to be like someone else, but celebrate that you too walk this earth with uniqueness and a difference that is just your own. Mm
1: -hmm. And so,
0: like you said, being able to recognize that and then be your full self with that, is the true definition of femininity. And I love that. I love that. Um, and that's the genius behind being a woman Yeah, to absolutely. segue us into your podcast. <laughs> so um, I love interviewing people that have podcasts because there's always a story as to where they were or what kind of mindset they had before they started that podcast. And so why did you decide to Start that podcast, and what led you to picking the title "Feminine Genius"?
1: Hmm. So as you alluded to, I, I do have a background in radio, um, and it's funny. Like I, I always thought, I think growing up that I was either going to be a you know an, a news anchor, aka reading for a living, or reading two people for a living. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course, as I got into radio, I really loved the whole medium of. Yeah, just having like really intimate uh, and casual conversations. And for whatever reason, um, this this idea of speaking into people's ears was very appealing to me. So I guess kind of like what we're doing here. Um, but in terms of like this podcast in itself, like I, I found myself probably in like late 2018 in a bit of a crisis of my own womanhood. And, and I'll be clear that it wasn't that I was, I guess, uh, questioning my sexuality or whatnot, but more so I was questioning my place as a woman, um, mm-hmm. a woman in the church, a woman in society. And I was trying to figure out like, who am I and what is it that I need to do or, or who am I called to be? And uh, for those of our um, audience who may not be Catholic, I I went to this event in January of 2019 uh, called World Youth Day. So essentially, it's this huge international conference where young adults, like Catholic young adults from all over the world will come and meet. And it's a week-long event. Uh, The Pope is always there. And... Yeah, it's just incredible to see this mixing and mingling of the universal church and meet people from all over the world. Um, so I was there and that was kind of where I received the first stirrings of this podcast, though at the time I didn't realize it. Uh, it was just kind of in my heart where there were a couple of women that came to mind who I was really Uh, attracted to by way of how they were living out their femininity and their mission and how they were serving the church and the world around them. And what attracted me to them was like, like, I, I was kind of thinking like, wow, they know exactly what it is that they're doing. Like they have a purpose and a mission for their life. And that's something that I'm really craving too. So I was, you know, kind of attracted to, talking to these women and hearing more about their stories in a very similar way that you do, Ogechi. It's like trying to get to the bottom of like, okay, well, how did you get there? And what drew you to that? And um, I think in just natural human tendency, I got lazy and I was just like, oh, but that would be so much work and I've got Mm -hmm. no money and I've got no time. So I just kind of pushed it off to the side. Um, And it was about five months later where, um, and this is going to sound really funny to some, but certainly like I had a A pretty profound encounter and conversation with God. And it was there where, you know, I was like throwing all of these excuses back at him where it's like, I've got no money, I don't have a studio, like I'm not some Catholic influencer or celebrity. Like, how am I going to be able to make this work? And, you know, biggest problem of all was that I didn't know what I was going to name it. And I think that was to your question too. And you know, as I was kind of leaving that that moment of prayer and talking with God, uh, just the term feminine genius came to mind. And here I was thinking that I was so original and I was like, wow, like that's so catchy. Um, so the first thing I did was I threw it into Google and I searched up femininegeniuspodcast.com just to make sure I wasn't plagiarizing anyone or anything. And then I learned two things. The first is that that domain name was available, so naturally I went to go buy it. But the second was that I was not as smart as I thought, and someone else had come up with this term. Now, you alluded to John Paul II, or Pope St. John Paul II, and he was the one that coined that term. He wrote this uh, beautiful letter to women in 1995 uh, that essentially really like highlights and, and implores for women to live out their unique genius. Uh, or their unique way of femininity to the best that they can. And it takes all of us, really, like whether you are a married woman, a single woman, uh, like a woman with one child, eight children, or no children, or maybe like you you lost children, um, you know, maybe you are divorced, regardless of field that you work in, you know, it takes all of us to build up God's kingdom and to really serve this world. Um, and that just really moved me. So I I felt all at once, everything that I struggled with when it came to my own femininity come full circle. And that was where I started reaching out to a couple of close friends here in uh, my area and interviewed them, shared their stories, and the rest was history. So that was already like at the time that we we're recording this, uh, just over two years ago.
0: So Wow. And it feels like if you haven't had the chance of listening to Rachel's podcast, it feels like... She's been doing it for far more years. And obviously your experience in radio helps with that because mm. you've had experience interviewing and you're just so talented at it. But sometimes, you know, you get a response to a prayer or you have just something that's like an itch in your heart, yeah, so to speak, and you want to just avoid it because everything from your mind is telling you, it's not feasible or I am not the one to be able to do this. And and I think that it is beautiful that, you know, that phrase, Feminine Genius, when you talked about what to name a podcast, I I just chuckled inside because that was my <laughs> hold up. I was like, well, I don't have a name. I yeah. don't have a name. And I, of all the places, I came up with this title in the bathroom because that's where all the great thinking happens. In the shower, usually. Yeah, in the shower, <laughs> brushing your teeth. Maybe you know on the toilet. Who knows? Whatever, (laughs) wherever the the creativity strikes. But that's where I came up with the name. And I like you. I looked up the um, URL or Googled it to make sure someone else didn't have the exact title and it wasn't taken. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, well, I have no. I ran out of excuses. So let's get started. And I think for a lot of people, we can bog down ourselves in excuses or Mm -hmm. uh, what ifs and those what ifs don't necessarily mean that they're not issues to think about but they are definitely not worth stopping yourself to continue on the journey and so I love I love that you had this inkling at such a big event I'm very jealous that you've been to a world youth day that's on my bucket list Mm -hmm. um and then just talking about how you are attracted to women that were living out their life with purpose. Mm -hmm. I think that that's something that can be glossed over if you're listening, but those of us that are very knowledgeable of who we are, what we stand for and how we can move this move through this world with purpose doing. So isn't something that is often recognized by others but people are told to you that they're recognizing it but they recognize it they feel Hmm. it they there's a difference when you meet someone that is confident they knew who they are they know their purpose their worth and the world can move and shake them but they are grounded Mm -hmm. there is a real attraction there and um i think it's amazing that those women that kind of genius feminine genius that they lived out in their day-to-day mission and purpose really touched you to the point where you wanted to learn more from them and then start this podcast. And so you're continuing that learning process and you're getting to meet more women that are either fully understanding their mission or purpose, or like many of us on the path to getting there. Life is a journey. And so there's no expectation to have got found that if you're listening, but Mm -hmm. even in your journey, you are inspiring and attracting others to want to walk in that journey towards their purpose and mission as well. So I loved that you brought that up. Mm -hmm. Um in your interviews, you do interview people from different walks of life. Like you said, we are all necessary in doing God's work. And so whether you are the traditional like housewife or whatever traditional means to you Or if you're single and over 40 and you're not not quite sure your vocation in life, there's a path towards doing what God's mission and purpose is for you. And that also intersects with the different identities that we have, the different experiences that we have as well. So you interview people that are from different racial backgrounds, cultural identities, They may or may not have been cradle Catholics. They may have been converts, Mm -hmm. um, different vocations. And also, I like that you also touch on mental health, because that is that's not necessarily an identity factor or a part of our identity that people think of initially. But it intersects with our feminine genius and it intersects with how we walk this earth as women. So Mm -hmm. how do you... um, approach your different identities and how those intersections affect your feminine genius as a woman?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is such a good question. And I have to be honest with you and our listeners that when I first started, I definitely did not pay attention to it. And I think maybe because when I first started this podcast, I felt like I didn't have to. So Mm -hmm you know, having that, um, and intersections is such a good word, but, like, when it came to, yeah, Catholic woman, I thought, like, that's enough, you know, that's what unifies myself, as well as every single guest that I've had on this podcast, and really, like, that should be it, so I was never, at least at the beginning, it was never my intention to maybe go deeper into that, um, but I, I think, you know, at the time that we're recording this, we're still kind of in the midst of COVID-19 and the pandemic. And, you know, 2020 has been such an interesting year when it came to, um, you know, you were alluding to self-knowledge earlier. So for me to really understand myself as a woman, as a Catholic. Um, as a as an Asian Catholic, like I myself am Chinese Canadian, I'm first generation. Uh, like my parents were, parents and grandparents were immigrants to this country. So I am the the first one that was born here, and you know I I didn't realize like how much of a profound impact that would be, or how much my identity could be, you know, like at the, at the worst of human identity, like how it could be maligned.
0: Mm. And we
1: saw that um, like, it's nothing new, but we saw that push to its extreme during a lot of the anti-Asian hate when it came mm. to COVID-19. And of course that in parallel to like our black brothers and sisters with the the murder of George Floyd. And again, like these are not new one-time occurrences And yet it just seemed like there was this like awakening for the whole world. And then naturally, like, even though a lot of this was happening in the States and and perhaps like with the anti-Asian hate, like that was happening right in my backyard too. So as much as I was trying to maybe suppress or disassociate, I kind of realized that, no, like this is my identity too. Like there are people out there who look like me in my community who are getting hurt uh, you know violently attacked or even killed because of what they look like or who they look like um, and I think that's uh like that's what really sparked in me that like okay I need to go even deeper um so, there's a, there's a passage in uh, St. Paul's letter to the Corinthians. So in the New Testament, St. Paul wrote so many letters uh, to the different places that he visited and traveled as he was evangelizing to different communities. But there's a whole discourse around um, using this metaphor of a body and just how like, you know, the eye, if you think about your own body, like the eye can't say to the ear, you're useless, therefore we don't need you. Um, so similarly, like, I can't say that to a black friend of mine. Like, I don't need you in my life. Um, or like a, a black friend can't say to me, it's like, I don't need you in my life. Like, it really does take every single one of us to go about this world and and bring about the change that we want to see in this world too. Um, so I think like, it's that coupled with my own experiences, like you mentioned mental health. So certainly I think that it's so important to be sensitive to, not just like our physical, um, parts that make up the intersections, but also maybe those things that are less obvious. And, and I think that's why mental health has always been such a big thing for me, like having struggled with anxiety and depression for most of my adult life. Um, it's one of those like invisible illnesses that people Mm -hmm. talk about. Um, and, that too impacts how I interact with the world and how I go about it. Uh, And I'm sure like for countless others as well. So I think to be sensitive to those differences, but also to recognize too, that there is so much to be learned from other people. And I think you said it so well earlier where it's like, you know, when we take the time to learn, it really is holding up a mirror so that we can come to a more fulsome understanding of ourselves it's not a threat to be different. And it's not a threat to encounter someone who is different. And I think that it's like, it's so important for us to continue to expand our mind. Like we're always going to come up against people who we may not agree with, um, who are different from us, or we're different from them. Um, But it shouldn't be threatening. Like I think it should be a wonderful opportunity and adventure for us to grow together. Because we're not like, Static human beings, Mm -hmm. you know, I think the moment that we stop learning, and we stop growing, you know, that's when we're dead, really, like, that's when like, there's like, what is the purpose of life anymore, right? Like, there's just so much to be learned. So I hope that we can all continue to learn and grow together.
0: that's so true we are not static human beings and we always can learn from one another and I like that you emphasize that it's not a threat to experience someone that's different than you and I um, empathize a lot with your experience with mental health 2020 was the year that I kind of I stopped pushing it to the side I finally Mm. decided to see a therapist and address my anxiety and talk about it in a way that wasn't um trying to exploit it, obviously, but also Mm -hmm. just normalizing it just as much as I would talk about my sore throat or a fever that I have. This is the time of the month that my anxiety and my PMS decided to couple up together and totally knock me out. And it's, I, I use humor a lot in talking about ailments and things like that, but it also, I think makes it less of a stigma. And the more that we talk about things like that, especially mm-hmm. people of faith, because I was definitely of the mindset that I could pray my, pray away my anxiety. And mm-hmm. yes, prayer is very powerful and the Lord has been a balm for me in so many situations, but he also created therapists and therapy and that was another, another tool. And so um, when yeah. I talk about myself being fully, Alive, you know, fully present, fully Ogechi. I often talk about like the i I call it like the three-legged stool, Um, and mental health, my physical health, just because I'm I'm an athlete, but I also think we should move our bodies, and mobility is something that if you have it, use it as a gift, because so many people do not. And then spiritual health. So those three things have to be nurtured and in balance, and. Those are also the three things that you address when you address each of your guests. Those are the three prongs of their humanity that also need to be nourished for their fem- feminine genius to thrive. Mm-hmm. And so when you address someone's you know, cultural background and how that may have shaped their understanding of their faith and who they are, when you address someone's mental health, um, and then when you address their spiritual health, all of those things are valued. And those are all the things that God's given us to walk this earth with. And so I like that you are more and more intentional in touching on all of those topics. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you. Um, No, of course. (laughs) Um, So you talked about us being not static and always moving and growing. And so, as you know, everybody has different stages of life. We talked a little bit about your early childhood, growing up, but those listening might be, Young adults, they may be teenagers. Hello, uh, I would be, I don't know, shocked if you're a teenager (laughs) listening. Um, But there are also, you know, the 20s and 30s, which could be a very awkward time, that young adult stage, and then the 40s and 50s, and um, then the older adult life. So we all go through different stages as human beings, and especially as women, where we're expect there are things expected of us, expected Mm -hmm. of our femininity. And so, young girls have those kind of expectations put on them. And then the teenagers, which I mean, are, can be horrid. As someone that works with a whole bunch of teenagers, I am marveled at how I survived and how they survived these mm-hmm. tough years. And then, you know, once you kind of leave college, it's like, when are you getting married? When are you having kids? Um, if you, and unfortunately, if you'd say you're considering religious life for some people, that's not supported and then for other people, it is supported. Um, if you can't have kids, those all those, there are all these expectations of us. So how do you, as a, if you could give advice, how would you advise listeners that are in different stages of their life to receive those expectations? Because you're always going to be given them, but filter them through the lens of the feminine genius that God has given to you.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, like, what is coming to mind right now is, and I will be the first to admit that I'm not a math person <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. I think this is why God made me a communicator by trade. But, you know, like, when you think about graphs, right, like, especially, like, those kind of wavy ones, mm-hmm. listeners can't see this, but I'm, like, air-drawing something. <laughs> um. <laughs> um but but like you said it's you know as we go through life and i think society has uh yeah set up some very interesting and and perhaps like not totally far fetched uh expectations but you know like there there will always be like you said kind of expectations at every stage of life and i think to to first off remind ourselves that every path every person is different like You know, you can try your hardest to be an absolute carbon copy of your best friend or uh, someone that you graduated high school with or even like your younger sister or brother. Um, But the, the very fact is just the fact that, like, you know, you have something that is uniquely yours, which is your life. And. Again, you can try as hard as you can to replicate and duplicate, but I think there will always be times where we will fall short and not because we've done anything wrong, but just simply because of the fact that we're different. We have different experiences and different exposures, um, even like across race, right? Like, you know, like it or not, there are uh, just inequities that we see Mm -hmm. in our society and that in itself already sets us up very differently. So I think, you know, it's not necessarily something to maybe be down about, like, oh, you know, like I am of a certain like socioeconomic status or, you know, I've only attained this level of education, whereas, you know, my my friend over there has like a, a higher level of education. Like, I think that all of these things, like when taken together, you know, it's one thing to kind of recognize like the maybe like the lot that is set before you. But also to remember the fact that that in itself like you know level of education, um productivity, even like race or like what you can cannot do, like there are things that really like you know they move us through our life, but there's also things that like you know there's a part of it that also doesn't define you. Mm-hmm. You know, it does but it doesn't. And I know that that's like a very kind of nuance and you're like Rachel what the heck are you talking about? And I think what I mean by that is like ultimately You know, we can look at our lives and like we do have a a really wonderful opportunity to in the midst of everything, I think. And I think especially like if you are a person of faith, like really to to cling on to like for us, like God, cling on to him and just trust that he does have plan and purpose. Because no matter who you are listening to this, you know, faith based or not, like you do have a particular purpose in this world. And I think from there, like in terms of practical advice, like one thing that I always share with women, and I know this will apply to men as well, is to really look within yourself and kind of see what is it that like sparks my like my fire or my drive or what makes me really excited, uh, like when I get up in the morning. And it can be something like for myself, it really is to empower women to be, you know, like they to really live out their unique feminine genius Um, but for like, for yourself listening to this, it might be something entirely different. So like to, to kind of use that as your anchor and your compass, see where it is that you're being led or what is it that you're attracted to, um, whether it's like service or, or being a champion for a particular social cause, you know, all of these things that perhaps you can't fully articulate or explain, but you know that it's important to you. And I think, you know, when we have all of that, uh, you know, yes, kind of going through the natural motions of our lives is important. And, you know, I think along the way, as you're pursuing those uh, those dreams or those passions that you have, I think a lot of the other things will naturally fall into place and naturally follow. Mm-hmm. So whether it is like, you know, if you are called to be married, like your spouse, who knows, you might meet him at a rally who knows? Like there's stuff like that. Or like you might meet them while you're working, like you're doing volunteer work together. Right. Or if that's not your thing, if you're not called to marriage, like, you know, like I think that there will be something up ahead for you. But I think that naturally it's kind of like, it's that purpose first. Like, what is it that I'm called to? What is it that sparks my fire? And then from there, I think everything else will fall into place. So I know that it's kind of like, it's a, it's a very maybe nuanced thing to, or a nuanced way to look at it. Um, and it can be very frustrating, especially for me. I'm kind of like, dude, where's my husband already? Like, where is like this guy? Even though like I've kind of found my passion. But I think maybe the other thing that I'll offer too is that as, as much as I hate giving this and receiving this, but patience really, uh, like, you know, the more that we work on ourselves, the more that we learn more about ourselves. I think that there's just so much to be won there because then it helps us to understand, okay, who am I? And then who am I in relation to other people? So the more that we learn about ourselves and we follow, kind of like follow that passion, I think we'll be able to, you know, go through those different um, expectations and it will fall into place.
0: That's, a, uh, yes, that's a great answer. It is nuanced, but it's probably the best answer that I've heard because you, you, for, you start first if you have faith to cling to God and ask for guidance, but also we all have initial reactions and initial desires and inclinations. Our body is meant to feel and be moved. And so Mm. think about what moves you, what stirs your heart and not something in a, not in a capricious way, but also, but really in like a, if I never had this in my life or if I could never do this, I would not feel whole. I could Mm. not be myself, be my fullest self if I couldn't do service or if I couldn't engage in deep conversations with people, or if I couldn't be creative or draw or travel, mm-hmm. whatever it is would, they don't define you, but they allow you to be your best self. So thinking about that and allowing that to drive your pursuit and your dreams and your goals. And like you said, I, um, when I was single and I was struggling and frustrated with, you know, The hot mess that is dating I (laughs) got that similar advice to be patient but also just to focus on what that which makes you the best version of yourself because there's nothing worse than you know having like a rough draft and expecting to turn that into Mm. a great like project that is marriage or wherever you're ending up going that's why there's such a long formation process for people that want to be religious sisters or priests, mm-hmm. because you learn about the the vocation, yes, but you're also learning a lot about yourself in that process. And a lot of people discern out, not because they're terrible people, but because in that learning process about themselves, this isn't the path for where they could be fully alive and fully living in the mission and purpose that God has for them. And that's mm-hmm. a good thing. We want people to, you know, be fully themselves and and feel that that's their true purpose. And that's right. also why we have an engagement process and you date people and you learn about them and you learn about yourself. And maybe you're like, you know what? This isn't for me. Or this person mm-hmm. isn't for me. All of that is necessary. But also, if you haven't done the work to figure out who you are, what moves and shapes you, what your boundaries and purpose are, when you then encounter that particular location or person, if if it's a relationship you're mm-hmm. not rooted and grounded in the way that you need it to, you need to be and you might discover that far too late down the road so it's great to do that work for yourself now and there's no age that's too young so if you are a teenager again hello yeah <laughs> i'm always impressed if there are younger people listening <laughs> but um that's something that i tell the young girls that i work with because mm-hmm society gives them so many things they need to hear at least from one person that your goal in life isn't to just like find a boyfriend or whatever, like be yourself. Then right. if it comes, it comes, but there are so many different paths to um, live out your life and your vocation. And there's also different uh, speeds along that path as well. And so Jill Jane over here might have like all the kids and of uh, the career that she needs. And you might still be figuring out what career is perfect for you. And that is okay. As long as you're um, going in the path that God wants for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think sometimes when people think of a podcast or people that focus on like femininity, feminine genius, or even feminism,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, it's in relationship, a negative relationship as it comes to men or Mm -hmm. Um, You have to be, have angst or whatever against the man and all of those things. And for some people, that's the case because of their relationship with men or they really want to fight the patriarchy or or what have you. And um, for other people, there's an invitation for men to also support the feminine genius that women have. And so when someone asks me what feminism means, I often make sure I include when men and women allow women to be their fullest selves, however they are in this world, and that means that you're not putting the burden on women to respect feminine femininity and feminine genius. We all should be respecting our mm-hmm. own femininity. Has your relationship with um, men in understanding your own feminine genius? How has that evolved? And if you feel comfortable sharing, have there been negative occurrences that in discovering your own feminine genius and really, like you said, you struggled a little bit with feeling beautiful and accepted as, as the woman that you are. And I, I wonder if that came from just society as a whole or if that came from patriarchy, as you will. And how have you healed those relationships if they needed healing. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I love that you talk about, you know, uh, understanding uh women in the context of men and vice versa. Um John Paul II, who like I mentioned wrote letter to women, also uh wrote uh and and gave all of these uh wonderful talks on theology of the body. And you know, really like the core takeaway for me, like I haven't read all of it, but I've read a significant portion, like the core takeaway is that men and women need to be understood in um, in relationship to each other. So complementarity of the sexes. So I just want to say like, yes, thank you, Ogechi, for bringing that up. Um, I, I alluded to this, I think, a little earlier. Um, and one of the things that I've really been trying to work through, especially recently, um, was actually, and you know, it's it's funny now, I'm kind of connecting the dots in my head, but about six months before I had that kind of maybe revelation at World Youth Day around, you know, being attracted to women with purpose. And I love that you you called them that because I think that's exactly what they are. Um, like six months prior to that, I had actually come out of a, a physically abusive relationship. Um, and it was, uh, it was challenging just because he had, uh, you know, done some serious damage. Like he had assaulted me and it was you know, I, I found myself at this point where I'm kind of like, yeah, who am I? And what did I do wrong? Like so wrong that there was a man who not only, uh, just didn't value me, but like, I guess didn't value me to the point where he would do like egregious things to me, Mm -hmm. to my body, uh, like my, my mental and, and emotional health, all those kinds of things. Um, so certainly, like, for a period of time, and, like, he wasn't the first, uh, like, bad boyfriend, I'll say, um, but it kind of was the last straw where it was just, like, I am anti-men, I will never get married, and everybody everybody sucks out there. Um, but I know that, like, that in itself is not a healthy way to go about life. Um, it's not a, a healthy way for me to understand, like, my sexuality or even, like, my femininity, my, my mm. womanhood. Um, and just like the, the beauty that I inherently have, the dignity that I inherently have. Um, so in a very sneaky backhand or backdoor way, uh, God is really like through introducing me to women who have purpose. And again, like, as you've, you correctly pointed out so many different walks of life, so diverse in their cultural backgrounds or their jobs and vocations, um, through meeting all of these women who have a firm foundation and firm sense of who they are, it is sneakily, and and actually, like, I'm kind of surprised that I'm only figuring this out now, but very sneakily, he's kind of like, okay, now that you've seen other beautiful examples of, you know, strong women who who are independent, but not independent to the point where they're like, yeah, we don't need men, or we need to take them all down, like that kind of way now I want you to look at yourself. Like, this is what God is saying to me. It's like, now I want you to look at yourself, recognize like the inherent feminine genius that you have. And now like, think about some of the men in your life who you do value, who are, um, you know, like good examples of the the counterpart of, of mm-hmm. us, which is the masculine genius, you know, who are patient and kind and chivalrous, um, who are willing to, you know, do more than just, respect for the sake of respect, um, you know, my dignity and my beauty and my worth. Like, think about that. And now, you know, how do we understand, like, how do I understand myself in relationship to those men? Um, and naturally, and I think we talked about this earlier, but like, how do I, as a woman now, call like my my male friends, like my own dad, even, and, and other men that I may encounter, how do I call them higher? And I think, like, I want to touch on a point that you mentioned there about how it's not all incumbent on me or us as women to kind of, like, I guess, like, really show what it means uh, to be respected. I think it really does take both men and women to have that conversation. Um, Like, there's so much talk now about, like, oh, you know, we don't need men or men should just know how to respect women. You know, kind of like the the whole rhetoric around like, you know, she's asking for it, that type of thing. Mm. And I think there's absolutely a lot of truth to that. Men need to be raised in a way that they understand what it means to respect a woman, not just because they're a woman, but because they're a human being, you know. Mm-hmm. And similarly, like and there's women – Absolutely. Absolutely. Like just the fact that we see each other and like there is a there's a difference between us, but there's also a shared understanding in our humanity and that we are emotional beings that also deserve love and affection and to be cared for. But similarly for women, like we also need to be willing to kind of extend that same respect and not go to a place where we are emasculating our brothers, our husbands, our, our fathers. Um even some of the men who may have hurt us in the past and it's been very difficult for me to kind of get to this place and you know I'll be honest like I don't know if I fully have gotten to that place like mm. with my ex um but like you know in a way that is safe to you because again like you know in instances of like assault and abuse I think first off should never be tolerated it is never your fault if if you've ever been a victim of that like it's never your fault But like when it is safe for you to do so, like, you know, to kind of come to that place where it's like, no, that really is a perverse way to live out masculinity. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like that is not what he has done to you um, or, or what whomever has done to you. That is not a reflection of who you are as a Mm -hmm. woman, right? Like our identities are far beyond like those poor interactions, but, you know, I was kind of reflecting on this today where it's like sometimes it takes one, just one small um, or in my case, I guess, like a huge um, one negative interaction to really derail your whole life and to make you think that you're not worth it. But I'm here to say that, you know, if you haven't heard it recently, you are like it's not your fault and you're worth so much more. So, yes, it really does take one another. Um, and just to, to really first start off like at this basic human level, you know, to love and appreciate the other, um, for our differences again, like, you know, to respect our differences, um, but also find those things that make us the same, which is that we are, you know, human. And, and there's just so many things for us to, to really grow and work through, but it has to be done together.
0: Thank you so much. I feel like that was such a beautiful response and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the Lord works in very sneaky ways sometimes, you know, yes, absolutely. In, in interviewing people, like you said, he's helped hold up that mirror for you so that you can then look at yourself and recognize your own genius and then heal in that way. But in, in the way that you talked about thinking of your ex and thinking of your relationship with men after having gone through such a horrible experience with a man is obviously the product of a lot of prayer, a lot of therapy. Um, And a lot of just reflection and you, all of those are action words. You choose to act Mm -hmm. in prayer and communicate with God. You choose to communicate with a therapist or a specialist, and then you choose to reshape the way that you think about people. And so Mm -hmm. all of those are choices and we can then also choose to believe that we're worthy after we've done that work, we should mm-hmm. always be having that active choice. But sometimes it takes a lot of work to get us there. And I have definitely been that person that has not felt or believed that she was worthy, because of situations and circumstances that I've gone through. So I recognize mm-hmm. that it can be someone on the other side, it can sound better said than done. But there's a lot yeah. of many years of work that comes to with going to that, getting to that place. And so mm-hmm. if you're listening and you're still on that road, keep going because the other side is that much sweeter. And it is, it's not a service to you. it weighs you down. It's an added burden. It's almost like mm-hmm. carrying a wet backpack. You already yeah. have burdens that you carry on. And so that's yeah. your normal backpack, but that extra moisture weighs it down even more to have that anger and angst and that, that that relationship with people that you meet that ha- that hasn't been healed yet, so that healing mm-hmm. is is important because we carry so much anyway in this world. Let's not add to it if mm-hmm. we can. And so I'm happy that you. I'm really happy that you brought that up, and also that there is a difference between men and women, and that should be respected. But I find that this is the difficulty that I had in dating.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: In dating, especially, you know, you want to find a good someone that shares the same faith with with you, if that's important to you, sometimes men have been taught to respect women just because they're women. Mm -hmm. And as chivalrous as in as that sounds, it can also be incomplete. And so when you say respecting women, not just because they're women, but because they're human, that is requiring from men to see the full person to respect their full self and not just um, in relation to their responsibility as men, mm-hmm. but really in your relation to your responsibility as a person, as yeah. a person that walks this earth with people. Because whether you want a relationship with not should not dictate a relationship with them or not should not dictate the level of respect you have. And it mm-hmm. also means that when there's like pay inequity or other kinds of ways that the quote unquote patriarchy Chooses to um, hinder the progress of women, you are seeing them as a human, and you're seeing them through that lens, and not necessarily in re- in relation to, well, I would like, I like them, or I want a relationship with them, or they're my sister, or they're my mom. No, no, that should not be the filter with through which you care for women. It should be because as a sister in Christ or a sister of God, uh, um as a follower of God, sorry, um, that is how I see you and you are worthy and you're worthy of respect and being able to walk this earth in the fullest way possible. And Mm -hmm. so then we get more guys that can speak up or shut down, you know, instances that happen, whether it's in the workplace, in just casual conversation, you know, men harassing women Mm -hmm. in the subway, all of those things are places where you should, feel comfortable speaking up. And like you said, it's not just the onus of women, but also on men, but they also have to be trained and taught. And I think as someone that, you know, maybe one day we'll have a son. um, That's something that's important to me to teach them that distinction Mm -hmm. of respect. Um, And that's something that I think people are starting to realize. And -hmm. also just because we have our distinct differences doesn't mean that if you are a little bit more emotional that you are somewhat less of a man (laughs) or if you're like not as I don't know delicate as a woman you're somewhat less of a woman um Mm -hmm. like we talked about earlier those kind of societal boxes can be placed on us and that can harm people if they feel like they don't match up too Mm yeah Well, I want to make sure that people know where to follow you, and I know that you have another podcast that we haven't Mm. spoken about, (laughs) so let's talk about where people can follow along on your story and your amazing projects. Oh,
1: thank you so much, Ogechi. Yeah, it truly has been a pleasure. Um, So you can find... The Feminine Genius Podcast, uh, wherever you listen to your podcast, wherever you're listening right now, um, just search up The Feminine Genius Podcast, uh, like Apple, Spotify, Google, whole nine yards. Uh, And I'm on Instagram at FemGeniusPod, that's F-E-M-G-E-N-I-U-S-P-O-D. I I always feel like I'm on a spelling bee when I do that. (laughs) Um, And then of course, uh, my website is FeminineGeniusPodcast.com. So, yeah, so that's the podcast there. And from there, uh, just with how crazy the internet is, I'm I'm sure you will be able to find me there too. So after a few clicks.
0: Yes. Um, Do you want to talk about your other podcast that you have?
1: Sure. Yeah, so that one, um, I I say this jokingly, but I think there's some elements of seriousness to it as well. Um, So it's called A Pondering Heart Podcast, also rooted in the Catholic faith and kind of based off of um, mother Mary, so the Mother of God, Mother of Jesus. Um, uh, just her her pondering nature. There's some scripture in uh, in Luke's Gospel where it talks about how, you know she takes in everything like these these crazy um, yeah, I think that's a good word. like just crazy things that God is calling her to and she just mm. takes it and doesn't like act out, but she just ponders them. And I think that there's something interesting about that word. Like it's very active, it's not passive. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's just taking on all of these things. So similarly, my co host, uh, Emmy Namoro, she's a good friend of mine here in Vancouver. Uh, we are able to, you know, have those, obviously, I'm not trying to compare ourselves to Mary, but as much as possible, trying to have like these active conversations about, you know, what it's like to to be a, a young person trying to live out their faith, especially in a world that we're in right now. Um, and, and I, the reason why I say I kind of joke about this, but I'm also serious is that it is here that I'm also able to engage with men. So naturally the Feminine Genius Podcast, I just strictly talk to Catholic women, but here I'm able to engage with priests and and good friends of mine who are like husbands and fathers. Um, so it's just been a joy. Like we wrapped up our first season and yeah, it has been a absolute blessing to be able to have those conversations and just like a different flavor, I think, of, mm-hmm. um, of storytelling and just being able to talk about really important matters of the heart.
0: So. I love that. And I, I, it is funny that you get to talk uh, with men. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I've been on other podcasts with men as hosts or, um, as also co Guests, and um, it is a little interesting dynamic, and and it's great that you've gotten to a place where you um, are more confident in your relationships with talking with men, and you're mm-hmm. less, I guess, jaded for lack of a better term. And yep. so those conversations can be more fruitful than they would have been had you engaged in deep conversations earlier on in your journey so it's it's Mm -hmm. nice the way the lord works and the timing of god um in all of those endeavors yeah so rachel i always ask my guests at the end of every episode what is one rose and thorn that you've experienced lately and a rose is a high point and a thorn is a bump along the road
1: okay Good question. So I'll start with the the thorn and then we'll go up to the high with the rose here. So the thorn uh, definitely has been, uh, I received a email and and just to, to be as charitable as possible. Um, let's just say I was pretty hurt by uh, the content of the email and actually had to do with my podcast. Um, and, and I think I mentioned this earlier where it's like, you know, sometimes it just takes one thing really to just derail everything um, so yeah, that was difficult to work through. Um, but I think the high actually, so certainly the rose, uh, and, and actually I love this analogy just because like the thorns are part of the rose mm-hmm. in and of itself. So this, this high point really does relate to it because I think in respect to that, like, as I was kind of sharing this, you know, with a, a really close and trusted friend, shared it with my sister's. Um, And then, you know, like kind of the the wider community, uh, just the support has been unreal. And I think it, it just reminds me that, you know, I by no means am like, you know, the expert in the feminine genius, and I can't claim to know it all or even do it all. And I think what's so beautiful is that, you know, my hope for me and this project is that in times of desolation, in times of difficulty and struggle for other women, that me or me and this podcast have been there for them. Mm -hmm. And in a time when I needed it, man, like the community responded. And for that, like, I'm so grateful. So yeah, like that's, that's my rose and thorns. Yeah, great question.
0: Oh, thank you. That is so beautiful. And you're right. The thorn is a very much a necessary part of the rose. And um, it's great that you've created such a community that could be there for you in an instant. Mm -hmm. And you've built those relationships, whether they're guests or people that follow you on social media and follow along on your journey. And I think that it's just a testament to the beauty of the person that you are. So thank you so Mm -hmm. much. so So I will also link a pondering heart podcast so that you can catch up if you missed the first season and listen along as well as the feminine genius podcast and like she said, she's on fem. She's on Instagram at fem Now you have me mm-hmm. <laughs> fem genius pod, and you can <laughs> find all her information and the beautiful graphics mm-hmm. and takeovers that she does on Instagram. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for being a wonderful guest, and I hope you have a great day in your amazing journey.
1: Oh, Thank you, Ogechi. Yeah, you are wonderful. Yeah, one of my favorites. So thank you so much.
0: Oh, thank you. <laughs> I love the way Rachel shared her evolution, whether it was how femininity evolved through conversation with other people or how her own crisis of womanhood led her to starting the Feminine Genius Podcast. I love how she clings to God in her definition of purpose. We are moved by so much in life, but we should feel rooted as we move along these different phases of our lives. I hope you check out the newest season of Rachel's podcast, Feminine Genius, and listen to episodes of A Pondering Heart podcast. While you're there, be sure to subscribe to this podcast, leave a review so others can find and hear amazing stories like Rachel's and share with a friend. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, have a great day in your own amazing story.